What's up, everybody? This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com, and it is episode two, number two of the Hot Tag. If you're not familiar with the Hot Tag, it's basically around the horn. I go around the ring with some of uh, wrestling's top media personalities, and I'm happy to have with me uh, pretty much a new batch, but I will welcome back the mercenary himself, Robert D. Felice from Fightful and WrestleZone.com. Robert, thanks for coming back a second time. Yes, I am the only jabroni you got to do this twice. Congratulations. <laughs> I roped you in, roped you in. And heck, now I'm getting a couple of flashbacks because how I got my start in pro wrestling writing was following the PW Torch. And so uh, getting into that, uh, one of the longest people that I've kind of known throughout uh, wrestling media, throughout personalities, another Cameron Hawkins from the East Coast cast, and he does plenty of other stuff too. Cam, thanks for joining me today, man. Stop reminding me I'm old. Uh, I just turned 36. Like, this is like, oh, I've been doing this a long time. No, I'm great, man. I'm great. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to follow up with that, we got the assistant editor of the PW Torch, good friend of mine from Chicago, Illinois, a lowly football fan just like me. It is Zach Hador. Zach, welcome to the show, man. Great to be here. Yes, another uh, a tortured Chicago football fan over here. So, you know, <laughs> we go as we go. But uh, a pleasure. Uh, good to work with you guys. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this. Awesome. And finally, we got Phil Lindsay from uh, the Bleacher Report. And he wrote one of the best articles I think I've ever re- read in wrestling uh, regarding oh, whoa, uh, Kenny whoa. Omega <laughs> and Roman Reigns. It was a thorough, <laughs> thorough article. I really enjoyed it. And it's always stuck in my brain. So, Phil. Welcome to the hot tag. That, that's high praise, man. You know you're gonna get the uh, the the Twitter folks hopping on me now. I don't know if it was that good. <laughs> it was good. I really like. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was so thorough. Covered two of the top champions at the time. So, uh, but let's see if the points it translates into points today. So we got our first topic. Well, I'm gonna start off with uh, some but something that really impacted obviously all of wrestling, uh, both WWE and AEW. Uh, were the appearances in the show like of CM Punk and Brian Danielson in the AEW, and uh, you know obviously such a history-making moment with Punk's return to wrestling. But ultimately, I want to get your guys' overall assessment of AEW's usage of both Brian Danielson and CM Punk. How would you assess their uh, use of both those stars so far, Zach? You know what? Let's start with you. Uh, well, I mean to be honest, I, I think. I give them a thumbs up so far in terms of how how they've been used. Now, I think if you're Tony Khan, you're wishing that, hey, I used them well, and I kind of hope and wished it would have been more eyeballs that I would have attracted, you know, with them. But judging from that question alone, I think it's been really effective. I mean, you, you have Brian Danielson out there, you know, so far in AEW, having just classics with a multitude. You had the Kenny Omega match. You had the Adam Page match. Even the stuff that he's done, you know, with Dark Order was was serviceable, but also really well done if you take it from the perspective of him building this this new heel character that that he's uh, trying to establish right now. So, I mean, if you look at him from a just wrestling standpoint, I mean, he's been a great promo. He's been great in the ring that's what you want from Brian Danielson when you say, "Hey, let's let's bring this guy in and and sign him." With CM Punk, same same thing. I mean, on a different level. I mean, you can't have guys 
every single guy at the top of your card every single week. So you gotta, you gotta spread it around a little bit. And I think punk has worked with some younger guys. Like he said that he would, but he's also worked with, with Darby Allen, the pillar of AEW. He's doing this thing with MJF right now that, uh, you know, I, I think generated one of the best promo segments that, that AEW has had. And so I think, Punk's more on the, the slow burn and Danielson's on the, Hey, let's just strike while this iron is really hot and let's go right now. And so I think both have been successful in their different ways, you know, but I think you have to figure out a way to market that better to, to, to get more eyes on the good work that they're doing. I think that's the biggest challenge right now, even though what they've done has been effective and entertaining. Phil, uh, what do you think about like punk being used from the standpoint of like getting over younger talent, has that uh, elevated the, 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 his opponents or has it kind of defined him down in certain ways? And then, yeah, obviously I want to get your thoughts on Danielson and overall that your overall opinion on that, on this topic. Um, I think it has helped. Like, I mean, like, I mean, clearly like the Darby match helped Darby, even though Darby is Darby, like Darby's still a big star, but I thought he came out of it looking better. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't, you know, expecting him to get the cheers that he got in that match. So, I mean, if anything, it, it just proved how good Darby is. Um, and I mean, I, I think the Hobbs match made Hobbs look good. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't think he's had a bad match so far. I just think that, you know, people are kind of like, oh, you know, I want more, you know, character stuff. And I think we're finally getting that with the MJF stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Danielson overall, too? I mean, that, this guy has cemented himself to me as one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I mean, just <laughs> this run just in just since uh, September, like just banger after banger. He's possibly given us the best AEW championship match so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't comp- I have no complaints with what they've done with Dane. No, no, it's it's been solid. Uh, really fun to see him transition from WWE over to AEW and just kind of like like make his a basically robert let's follow up with you what you got brian danielson has single-handedly given aew the match that they will be known for if they were to crap the bed tomorrow and just never be good again he gave us 60 minutes with hangman it was perfect punk is a different match entirely because punk is the guy who was away for seven years it was a dream to get him and now he's telling his own story. He's not as warm as Brian is. He wasn't main eventing WrestleMania this year. So he's doing his own thing his way. And I think anybody that complains just wants too much too fast. And CM Punk's not about that. Never has been. But I think both guys have been used pretty well with Danielson being the biggest asset the company has gotten to date, I think. Hey, I'm, uh obviously talk on that topic. But I, I want to get your thoughts, too, just on... Uh, Brian already kind of go- going from baby face to heel, like in this short amount of time too. Uh, yeah, give think, me your yeah, overall stuff on that. Yeah. Well, one thing that's really good about him is it's never really been about alignment. It's been about what do I want right now? Mm-hmm. Like even in WWE, he was very much like, this is my goal. This is what I'll do to get there. And so I don't feel like him all of a sudden having a standard for opponent is a departure from what he's been doing. Like, even when he was with Kane, like he's still kind of a lone wolf. I'm about what I want to do. I'm about my focus. And he's always kind of been that way. So him all of a sudden veering toward these guys don't want to fight me or I don't believe you want it as bad as I do. I love it. Like it's very much who he is. Um, I think that 
when you look at their runs together, like imagine if Terry Funk was split into two people, right? You get that ECW thing where it's like, okay, I'm an elder statesman, like punk, where you having me here makes everything that you do more important. But on the flip side, you have the Brian where it's like, I'll get in the ring with your very best and I will make them look better just by being in the ring with me. And so they kind of have both of those things going right now. I think that like Brian is on an all time run as far as what I can give you in ring, the new things I can show you. And when I say new, of course, we got a bunch of guys on this panel who have watched ROH stuff. So they know what they're getting from him. But that's 15 years removed. Like there's a lot of people who are seeing this from the first time. And with Punk, it's that thing where we knew you were a big deal before. The younger guys you're talking to treat you like a big deal. And you got to keep going out and proving, improving, improving. And I think that Punk, not by the skin of his teeth, but Punk winning in a way that's like, okay, I got to really exert effort to keep up with these kids. I think that's better for everybody. So, yeah, in both cases, I think they've been very good as far as what they presented, what they've been on screen, for sure. The good storytelling aspect too with Punk and yeah, him can he keep up with this younger talent and everything like that? I feel they've done a the good job at conveying that slowly, but also giving a diverse group of matches that really stand out for not just Punk but the stars he's competing with too. So yeah, that's a uh, Zach. Did you want to add something? Yeah, I just want to say too. I think there's a human aspect to this also, which is and. Uh, um, Phil or Robert, I can't remember which one of you guys touched on it, but, you know, you have the element of Danielson has been active, you know, I think CM Punk, it's like, you don't, you want to do the Kenny Omega match and you want to do the Hangman match and the Adam Cole match and the Cody Rhodes match after he has his feet under him a little bit, you know, you don't, you can't jump into that right away because you want those things to be top notch. And so, you know, the slow burn with Punk, yeah, I mean, it's going to have its residual effects in terms of defining him down to some people. But by the time he gets in there with Cole or Omega, you know, though that level of talent, you know, the hope is, I'm sure, that he's seasoned and back and got his timing and all that stuff. So uh, you can't discount just the fact that, hey, he has been gone for seven years. He needs a little time to get in there. And you don't want to, you know, waste the opportunity with the top stars when you're not fully ready to go and deliver at the highest level. That's a great yeah, point, too. I mean- if you can uh, put him in matches with guys that, you know, other people might not know as well, like Lee Moriarty and give him such a big match, like that, that matters. And that, you know, that puts Lee in a big spotlight. It absolutely does. And yeah, it's like the, just the simple fact that he hung, Lee Moriarty hung with Punk for that long of time. Like it stood out because like he's had a, you know, different set of matches and everything like that. Uh, yeah. Lee's I'm, I'm very, very impressed with Lee. Maybe a little biased Pittsburgh, but you know, this kind of thing. I mean, <laughs> arguably Punk's best match back yeah. in my opinion. That's a, oh, that's a good point, too. Interesting. Yeah. Robert, um, did you think with uh, Danielson, where do you hope to see him go uh, in 2022 with all this and where they've been uh, positioning him? So the difference between Danielson and Punk is I knew where I wanted Punk to go. I know I wanted the match with Kenny. I didn't think Danielson was going to go until he just showed up there and they've already taken him to such a different level than I thought they would. So I just want to see him win that world title because he will legitimize that world title. He will be a WrestleMania main eventer from this era. He just headlined this year. So I think he needs to win that belt, hold it for a few months, and then he can slip into the punk role of, okay, I'm just going to help grow the younger talent. Because really, he did a lot of that in WWE. He was sleepwalking 
for his final run, as he said. And he's awake now, and I don't really want to see him go back to sleep just yet. Ooh, I like the little play on the, mm-hmm. uh, the old finishing move. Nice. All right. So after the first round, it's a close one. We have uh, – so it is a three-way tie between Cam, Zach, Robert, and Philip. You're just one behind. So, Cam, you have six. Zach, you have six. Robert, you have six. Philip, you have five. So, let's go on to the next round. Uh, we got – where's my other card here? Here we go. Yeah, now this one is – I don't know. I kind of think this is a layup, but I'd love to get your guys' perspective and uh, further um, let, shed, shedding light on what you really think overall about this situation. Number two, should Vincent Mann step down from WWE – and what would be the most successful move for the company if and when he does? Cam, let's start with you this time. Should he step down? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. And this is the weird thing. Do I think creative's in a rut? I absolutely do. But when you see that somebody else in Nick Khan is kind of handling who stays and who goes, um, that makes me think that who they have in charge needs to stay because I don't know who would all of a sudden write the ship. Like, um, one thing, and, and I love Phil to death, so it's not, not a knock on Phil, but Phil is very much um, like a Young Bucks fan. And I say that to say this. I think the guys that they had in NXT at the top of the card, mm-hmm. I loved them. Like, I think, yeah, you got your your Coles, your Roddies, your Kyles, your Johnnies, like who are super, super talented, right? But you have somebody in charge who will not see that vision And then you got somebody under him who also doesn't want to put those guys in position. So I think you'd have to go three, four, five, six steps before you have guys who are like, okay, this will work on a wrestling stage. So no, I do not think Vince McMahon should leave that spot. Um, But what I do think is I don't fault who they have in the positions they do. When I look at a Roman, when I look at a Big E, when I look at Bianca, I look at all American athletes that are very charismatic, that they have turned into main eventers. I think the problem is they're writing them into a bunch. I don't know if I can cuss on this show. They're you writing can. them into a bunch of BS. I'll yeah. say that. Okay. And they're not making these superb athletes, superb people look great. Like you see Bianca on a red carpet with MTV. You see Roman on Hot 97 kicking it with Rosenberg and Ebro. You see Big E at the boxing match at the UFC show at the Iowa game. And it's like, yo, these people have this amazing charisma and the world loves them. And you can just present them like that. Like you want these all American athletes, but you won't treat them like big man on campus. Like that's the biggest problem. I don't think he should step down. I just think they need somebody in there to be like, look, everybody thinks our stars are big deals outside of here. Like they always have. Why won't we flip that back here? And I don't think there's somebody in the pipeline who really sees the vision. I think that Triple H, and I don't want to go too long, Triple H has always known that the best wrestlers in the world are five foot nine and 190 pounds and can do all the moves. <laughs> he knew he wasn't that, so he fought for his spot, which I respect. You got to have your job, right? But I just don't think that they've done enough service to guys like that for those guys to be on top right now. So should Vince step down from creative? No, because he has the right people in place. He just needs to open up their playbook a little bit and let us love these people a bit more like we love Roman right now. Exactly. Like once you let those wings fly with Roman, I mean, look at what's going on with it. So hottest storyline, arguably in wrestling. So Robert, let's get your thoughts. Yeah. So I don't think Vince should step down from creative because here's the thing. Vince is now dealing with a monster that he created. 
Vince created sports entertainment as a term to sell to marketers, get away from pro wrestling. Problem is, now he's surrounded with a bunch of people who genuinely believe we're not wrestling. So Vince is one of the last links to professional wrestling, and I think he does get it. I think he's just a little petty at times, which is why you see the shift in NXT. But I think, like Nick Khan, maybe the moves he's making is better in the long run for the industry because they're not oversaturating one roster and they're free to perform. But it does feel a little cold and callous. And no matter what you say about Vince, I think he still provides a love for wrestling that others don't have. Yeah, I think it just maybe doesn't get caught on television as much. And he's so, you know, in his bubble that we don't really recognize that too much. Phil, I'm interested to get your point on it, especially after Cam mentions like your fandom for like Young Bucks and that kind of style of wrestling. Uh, with Vince obviously pushing back against that NXT and all that kind of thing. Where, where do you fall on this uh, line of thinking? Um, it's tough because I do agree in some ways that the reason why it would be tough for Vince to step down is because he is a big part of what WWE is. Um, but I do think the biggest problem with him is that like, he's got too many things flowing through him. Like the fact that people feel like they have to pitch their character to him. And he's also like at the head of like a lot of the creative for just stories. He's just wearing way too many hats. And um, I feel like, he needs to let other people take the reins in more departments. Like he needs to delegate things more, but the problem is he's never going to do that. The long, if, if he's, if he's in creative, he's always going to want to be in control of everything. And that's why I feel like he should step down. Like I feel like he should step down and bring in new blood that is allowed to delegate things to more than one person. And I kind of feel like, it doesn't need to be people that are inside already. It feels like it needs to be new people because it doesn't matter if he steps down. If you bring in people that are already there, they're already still going to do what he wants them to do. He's still, they're still going to be looking for his approval. You got to bring in somebody that is completely fresh to their product in some way. Would you bring somebody in from the wrestling business still, or would you bring an outsider in or, or a mixture of both? I think you could bring in a mixture of both. Like, I don't think there's wrong. There anything wrong with bringing in like entertainment writers. And, but I feel like they need to be, they need to have specific job titles. That's why I'm like, it shouldn't be just one person that's the head of all of it. It should be like, this person is here doing creative writing. writing. This person is here where you can come pitch him characters and you can go over promo stuff. Like everybody should have different roles. Yeah, I agree. But that goes to the point, too, is like Vince McMahon's never might never do that. So I, in that regard, should he step down? Like, Zach, yeah. let's get your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is a fascinating topic because I think it's one for me and maybe maybe for you guys, too, that's changed in the last 12 months. Like, I think if you rewind 12 months and NXT still the way that it was like you answer this question differently because you've got triple H in place. You've got his team ready to go out there and execute uh, a wrestling product that was like, that felt a little more raw and a little more cutting edge and a little more, you know, pro wrestling esque, but still could survive in like the corporate environment that WWE is. And like the, like the, the realistic look at that company and go, okay, it still has to serve a lot of people, you know? And, and so the wrestling product has to fit within that. Um, 
But Nick Khan coming in really did change a lot of that. I mean, now you see zombie matches promoting a movie. You've got pizza surrounding the ring <laughs> to like, uh, you know, to, 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 to promote X pizza chain. Let's not give him any free press here. But so, <laughs> so, you know, that's a different vision of how to go to market with, with your wrestling product. And so I agree with, with, uh, with these guys, like I, it's, uh, you know, Vince McMahon is the devil, you know, right. And, and, and yes, there's a lot of issues there. And I think creative is a big one. And I, I think Cam shrewdly pointed out that like, it's not that you've got the wrong talent. You just don't have them in, in anything like that's, that's worthwhile to, 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 to sink your teeth into as a, as a fan or as an, as, a, as somebody in the audience. So, uh, that, that's the biggest issue, but you know, in terms of would I have been stepped down? No, because you just don't know how things will go when it's more in the hands of, of Nick, of Nick Khan. And, and you're going to get that vision. Whereas Vince McMahon, I think it might not be as balanced as it used to be, but there's a little bit of balance there, uh, you know, for better or worse. Yeah, no, it's very true. Like I, I was very much of the camp too. Uh, just thinking about, yeah, Vince should step out. And I was always of that mindset too. But now you look at how much WWE's changed. And even if Vince McMahon's still at the top of it, it's like you get away, you pull away that figurehead of wrestling. That might really disassociate a lot of fans that are familiar with wrestling with through Vince McMahon. So you lose that connection. You will lose a lot different more too. And it's, it's again, it's the devil, you know. So yeah. Um, no, it's uh, anybody else have anything else they want to add to this stuff before we move on? I'll, I'll say this. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie is good. Where are we going? It's a good <laughs> sight of what you can do when a fan is in charge of a franchise. WWE is adamant about not having fans in their creative and that is an issue. Let the people who grew up on your product tell the stories their way because they will stay true to the core of the product like a Vince would. It's an interesting point. It's also like you see sometimes though when the fans want something, it doesn't always go the necessarily way that they envision it too. So uh, it's the, yeah, there's definitely a balance there, you know? <laughs> I don't well, that, I don't know the Sonic the Hedgehog reference, so is it a good movie or is it a bad movie? Did it execute well? Well, I mean, I think it's good. been faithful to the franchise, you know? It's, oh, okay. So yeah. it's pretty good. All right. Hey, far out. All right, anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As far as the W you know thing, like, I feel like it could work without Vince. Like, I think people are just so afraid to take that risk because he's kind of made us afraid to take that risk because he's basically... It's like the second NXT stumbled, he was like, all right, let me get in there and let me fix this. It's like, well, you didn't need to fix it. Like it needed to be, it needed like an update from where it was. Like it stumbled on USA, but I still think that you could have kept it the black and gold brand and made some changes to it and it would have worked. But to make like such a drastic change, I don't know. I'm just not with it. And I mean, like watching NXT in its current iteration is part of my reason why I'm like, all right, you can have, you can have Vince step down a little bit and have other people like run the ship. Like you got to take some risk at some point. Like we've been in the same mold with this company for decades. You got to do something different. You know, there's something to that, I think. And I think a lot of it is, you know, it's about kind of making good on the equity you've built with, with fans. And I, I think right now the WWE audience in general is just is skeptical about everything. Even if they got, you know, in front of them, this well-crafted story arc or that, you know, where you could kind of see the end of the rainbow on this beautiful piece of work that X talent is doing. 
there's no trust there to actually pay that off in the right way. You know, AEW right now can, can, can tell long-term stories because they don't have, you know, 30 years of history to, to, to kind of have to deal with in terms of like what happens to these, to these stories as they go. And I think Phil, you bring up a good point. It's like, you know, look, I think the NXT brand as it was certainly could have worked. I mean, you proved that it could work, but the WWE audience saw all that talent that was in in NXT come up to the main roster and then just fizzle to to bits and pieces. Now where you have Happy Corbin is the guy out of all those people that gets the most TV time, which, you know, gets (laughs) deservedly gets all the eye rolls that I just got. (laughs) Cam, you want to add anything else? I I agree with these guys, man. It's a hard sell because like I'm somebody who's a fan of NXT 2.0, but I also understand like, like Friday after next is one of my favorite movies. It's not a good movie. It's a movie that I find entertaining. And so NXT 2.0 throwing these things at the wall. And again, you, when I say it's not good, you have Braun Breaker, you have Carmelo Hayes. Um, I think you have like Persia Perota, I think who was really good. Um, you have like, uh, like Caden, like there, there are good wrestlers who are fairly new, who are on that brand, but it's also like a straight pool from 1992 superstars where, oh, this is you and this is your job and we're going to make that your personality and you're going to do that. Like I unironically like Tony D'Angelo, but I can't explain to people why it's not ironic. Like I, I get that part yeah. like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so it is a lot of like, we're trying to do this old thing we did in front of a new audience, but we're literally doing a 180 from super work rate promotion. And so it is difficult because even if super work rate was right, or if character is right, you're still literally betraying whatever audience you had a month ago. Like you are doing that. You're telling them there was not confidence in this thing that you've been building for years and years and years. And we literally going to switch it up overnight. And that is not reliable. Like, so like from the standpoint of, I want to invest in this long-term, they make it very very difficult like me being overly positive does not ignore the fact they literally took the thing they were doing and said nope we're gonna scrap that while you've been investing in this for what a decade so i'm right there with phil and zach like it's even if i like it i can't pretend it's reliable for sure for sure right yeah i i just will say to that because i keep seeing people try to make black and gold brand into like the work rate no character no story thing I just feel like people have kind of brushed over what NXT actually was because it wasn't just that. Like a lot of the memorable things about NXT were character things like like Kevin Owens, the Herning Hill, like like the Gargano and Ciampa stuff. Like, oh, no, let me say this, of- Phil, not to interrupt real quick, but no, I'm certainly not saying it's not character based because maybe the best thing to ever come out of NXT is Adam Cole going to Johnny Gargano's gym and clowning Twan. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And again, like <laughs> my affinity for Cole, everybody knows. Like I think Cole is amazing. So no, it, I'm certainly not saying it was not character based. I think everybody, not everybody, but they were dead serious characters. And I think that somebody may have looked at that and said, "Look, and it, this needs to be literally more colorful." I think that might have been it. But no, some of the characters, like again, Adam Cole is a god. Like I would never, yeah, I can't disparage that man. Regardless of how I feel about the Young Bucks. Adam Cole is that man, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was 
Uh, yeah, I, I I think people do exactly what you're saying. They're like, whoa, like this was one thing and that was another thing. No, I do think they folded in, in a bit, but they all of a sudden said all these serious characters, we can only have two of those. And that's a problem for sure. Yeah, sure. and, I, and I'm, I'm, of course, not coming for your take. I'm just saying in general, I see a lot of this on the Internet of people going like NXT with just work rate. And I'm like, no, you had you had blue blue pants that was extremely over like you had the vibe villain like you had. Tons of characters on that roster at the same time that you were doing work rate stuff. It's just at some point they felt like they had to go super heavy on the work rate because that's what the competition was doing. You know, I think, too, uh, I think it was basically from a visual standpoint, time for a change for NXT because they moved away from touring. They moved away from the big takeover events. Not necessarily that was not their fault necessarily, but I think it felt stale. And the overall feel of it felt still. So uh, from a look and visual standpoint, I was I was for the change ultimately. But a lot of it just um, – and, yeah, I kind of – I described the new NXT as, like, crack cocaine nostalgia for 90s folks. You know what I mean? For 90s kids growing up. Because it's like you snort that all up in one. You snort Nickelodeon Guts. You snort up Double Dare. You snort up uh, American Gladiators. And there you have – NXT 2.0 with all these wild ass characters after snoring uh, the new generation of WWE. That's a really bad trip, buddy. It's a real bad trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild though, and like it gives you that nostalgia fix. Uh, but yeah, there's a you just can't trust it though either. So it's, it just boils down to that. I feel. Topic number three. Kevin Owens just signed a humongous deal with WWE. Uh, a lot of people thought. He was AEW bound. I, I certainly didn't. I was certainly excited for it. But I mean, from, from reports, it's like he could, this is a deal he could not refuse. So does the new Kevin Owens deal add leverage for future stars in wrestling? Or is it a sign of further rash decision making with WWE with their past big deals like they did with the Good Brothers and such like that? Phil, let's start with you this time. Um, I think it's further leverage for WWE. And, and, it, and it might be just because the industry has changed so much compared to where it was at last year. Like, this isn't where it was, where there was, like, you know, WWE releasing guys, and then you had, like, random guys that might have popped in from Impact. Like, you've got, like, the largest, like, free agency period that's going to happen last next year, <laughs> thanks to WWE and then Ring of Honor as well. So, I don't know. I, I, I think coming into next year, like, you're going to have more people willing to stay with WWE than take their chances of going out and trying to compete with like what you've got on a free agency or, you know, hoping you can land somewhere like AEW on what's already a pretty stacked roster and hoping that, you know, you're going to get something better creatively than what you had there. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the allure is there now because the jobs are, as there are more people, the market's so oversaturated with talent, but there's more people coming in and uh, there's less space for these talents uh, on television, basically. Zach, let's go next to you. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's a sign that that talent is going to have, you know, a lever to pull to, to negotiate that they just didn't have before. And then, and that's going to mean things for different people, you know, depending on the type of star that, that you are like, you know, you'll be able to flex your, your muscle a little bit, but the bottom line is there's another player in the market and that's key. And, you know, somebody like Kevin Owens, who's, you know, uh, a top star in WWE, 
not because he has, you know, classic matches every week, but because he's a valuable guy to Vince McMahon. He can do the ring work. He can do the backstage segments. He can cut a promo. Like he's, you know, you plug him in anywhere on raw and he can, he can work. And that's for, for Vince McMahon's WWE right or wrong. He is a, is an important piece to, to that puzzle. And he was able to leverage his way into what I can only assume is a, a really nice contract from a business perspective. And you know, that, he probably would have got paid nicely if AEW wasn't around, but you know, they were around and of course he leveraged that and he should. And I think everybody else is going to be able to follow in his footsteps in one way or another, you know, like it, again, it's all a matter of who you are, but uh, ultimately, you know, you have two, two top national companies competing against each other. That's a good thing for talent. Kevin Owens leveraged it and it uh, kind of show, cultivated a roadmap of like, this is how it could look if you want to, if you want to stay in WWE and you're willing to, to do that. And, and he knows what that means, you know, I mean, he's, he's there every week. So there's no, uh, there's no surprises there and there, there, there won't be. And I think that's, you know, that's the decision he made and uh, he got paid and there you go. That's a good one. Kim, how about you? When somebody tweeted Cody Rhodes way, way back who he wanted to sign or who he was interested in, and he tweeted CB, that made Chris Bay more money than he's ever seen, right? Even if he didn't go to AEW. So do I think that it's beneficial for other stars going forward? Sure, but I think it's still situational because Kevin Owens has a crazy resume. I was the man in ROH. I was the man in NXT. They let me beat Cena clean. They gave me a Shane McMahon match. And oh, yeah, I can tweet out longitude and latitude to Mount Rushmore. And that relates to the Bucks. Like he has pull in an office where a lot of guys don't. Is it better overall for everybody? For sure. But his situation is so unique in that there's a legit fear that he would go across the street and go get money. You know what I mean? So I think that. Going forward, there are guys who are absolutely going to benefit, but it's mostly going to be the guys who have a resume from before. Like a ricochet absolutely made more money with Kevin Owens resigning, regardless of where he goes. Like everybody can't say that, you know, like I think, you know, Sammy probably just resigned. So he's good. But guys who have been on both sides of the fold, those are the guys who have benefited most. Like, I don't know if like if Adolph Ziggler, who would never leave. I don't know if right now that he said AEW's offering me money, if that would be a big deal for him because he's been a lifer and I don't know what he could really contribute. But when you have people making YouTube videos about Kevin Owens might be champ in AEW, Kevin Owens can be used so much more. That's a different kind of pressure. So I do think that history plays a part overall. Does it help everybody? Yes. But Kevin Owens has such a unique set of circumstances that it's better for him than it would be for just about everybody else, but it does help. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. Robert, uh, I think you talked about this uh, in the Facebook chat of how like bummed we were from a creative standpoint, we weren't going to see Kevin Owens uh, really flex his muscles in uh, AEW. What overall you could just, let's get your thoughts on his decision to do that. And uh, ultimate and just the leverage standpoint too. Well, look at the end of the day, he does have a family and he is completely entitled to do what is, best for his family and i think some of the feedback of like no but i'm mad that he's not gonna be with the bucks and he lost a fan for life that's weird 
those are weird takes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, people are entitled to him. I think he could be the first person that you look back on and you go, oh, he Shawn Michaels did the thing. He Bret Hart the thing and he stayed on the winning side the whole time. Or you could say he made what he thought was best, but ultimately ended up creatively unfulfilled. It's still too early to tell. Yes, he's in the title picture, but will he be at WrestleMania? I hope so, but we'll see. As far as like creatively being unfulfilled, for me, yeah. I haven't liked what Kevin Owens has done, but Kevin Owens has also frog-splashed Vince McMahon. How many people on the main roster can say that? So Vince is going to make more of an effort to keep him than keep Adam Cole, who was Triple H's pet project in a brand that failed in his eyes right now. It's a great point. I think, too, back to um, when Rey Mysterio's contract was coming up and they really promoted Dominic and him at the same time to really get him over. And then, But now, like, we see them and they're just kind of just uh, the tag division, I guess. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. what, what does that future hold for Kevin Owens, even though they signed him to a big deal, you know? Uh, but, like Robert just said, he got paid, and that's a big thing. That's a real big thing. Uh, coming up... Our fourth topic here. Yeah, this is a, oh, this is a good one. Uh, and this can go many routes, and I want you guys to take it in any route you want it to. Because this is a cast of broad, broad net, and we're going to start with Zach on this one. Is social media good or bad for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goody. I get to start on this one. <laughs> no, look. I it it is good. It's a good it's a good thing ultimately. I mean, I really I really believe that. It's kind of like you know, part of it is the company you keep and what you can block out on it. But look, I, you know, there's a a lot. And I'm one of you know hundreds of thousands, but there's there, there's a lot of connections I've made. Good friends, good conversation is out there. Good analysis is out there to be had if you want to have it that way. And if you want to get lost in the madness, you can you can have that too. But ultimately, I think it's 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 a natural place for like the fandom of pro wrestling to go, you know, everybody's connected at once, you know, you've, you're, you're talking about the shows, the, the, the different companies are using it as a platform to, to reach their fans. You've got wrestlers more accessible than ever before. You know, like if you think about it in a lot of ways, like, I don't know that AEW as a company exists without social media, like, you know, the young bucks in particular, you know, were, they, they hustled on social media and, and kind of cultivated a new way to make business, uh, smart business decisions and make money as, as independent acts. And uh, because of that, a lot of that was on social media. A lot of that was because they were accessible to, to their audience. So I think it's opened up a lot of doors and yep. Every so often, you know, you can find stuff on social media that obviously is not, you know, <laughs> Well, well, sometimes it's fun, but it's just, it's not worthwhile. But I think most of the time though, you can find something that really you can sink your teeth into and connect like, you know, like the five of us have. And I think that's a good thing ultimately. It's a really great point. Um, You also think about, you know, even just uh, some of the negative feedback that a lot of like, we looked recently just at, uh, I think what happened with uh, Jordan Grace and uh, Jonathan Gresham, like just last night or something where uh, a lot of social media blew up about that. And there's a, she, I believe, deactivated her account. Phil, let's get your thoughts on this. Um, man, it's, it's complicated. Um, <laughs> <the thing laughs> I can say, it, it's very complicated. 
And this is as, as somebody that I feel like sometimes I get on Twitter and I'll just say something pretty normal and people will try to jump on me. And it's, it's very weird. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know, man. Um, I, I do agree that, like, I feel like the benefits outweigh the negatives because, I mean, even if you go all the way back to what, what, what culture did for Internet wrestling um, and how what culture what wrestling was kind of the first to, you know, play off of, you know, internet wrestling and what the fans want and turn that into defiant. And I mean, to, in my opinion, AEW owes a lot of gratitude to what they did because they kind of opened the door to that, you know, that Avenue. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, but also the problem is, is you've brought fans in and now fans think that they are a part of the business. And I feel like that has gotten a little bit sticky because now you've got fans that think everything is their place to comment on. And it's not. And I mean, that, that goes to, you know, the stuff with, with Tay and, and Sammy the other day. And that goes to all even something as simple as people calling things botches. And it's not a botch, using industry terms incorrectly, um, calling people green. And they don't really understand. They don't really have the expertise to understand, you know, what makes somebody green. So I do think that, like, it does have its benefits for, you know, what it has done to, you know, spread wrestling around. Like, I mean, even the fact that, you know, this is in the days of tape trading. You can just watch independent wrestling. You can watch New Japan. You know, we we have more access to wrestling than we ever have. But again, you just have like this weird um, negative that you get from the social media. It's all about navigating the waters. And uh, it's uh, a lot of the fans and a lot of the talent. Uh, they just dive right in. And sometimes it's hard to get out from under that. Uh, Cam, you uh, You've got your relationship with social media <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, I want to get your take on this topic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not saying I've ever had a bad day on social media. Right? You don't? The young, lady, the young lady's actually in my living room right now eating pickles and hot Cheetos or whatever. But yeah, because social media is not real. I don't care what these people say. But anyway, um, <laughs> as I come back to it, uh, no, I, I think uh, Phil and Zach said it great. Like, Overall, it's a net positive because it's a chance for, first of all, these wrestlers to be either authentic or inauthentic, but to present what they want to their fans. It's a chance for, especially on the independent level, hey, here's where you can get my merch. Here's my personality. Here's where you can come see me. Um, where promotions don't always do the best job of promoting where they're going to be. And a lot of fans don't follow promotions accounts because they're anti-promotion but they are pro act and so it's a chance for them to again here's what i sell here's where i'll be here's my here's my thing that's all great right but like you said there is this problem you run into with familiarity and i ran into that problem where people feel like they just know me and they can say anything to me and me being nobody right so imagine you on tv nationally every week and Joe from Iowa is telling you about how you messed up in a match or how you're no good or how you're cheating with this person's spouse. It's really nasty, right? But I think ultimately, again, it's a net positive, um, but you also are always going to deal with the weirdos. Like I got a guy who I love to death, to death, who had 15 pictures of him at the hotel with every wrestler at Winter is Coming. And I'm like, you can't fight that. That's not going away. That's always going to be there. It's moved to the internet now. 
That's the biggest thing. Like there are people who they will tweet you like they know you. I saw you. I talked to you. How dare you do this? How dare you like this? So wrestlers will always deal with that. But on the flip side, we get to do a show like this. Like I get to watch Phil and my guys cook. I get to watch Zach do his thing. So and a lot of that on the flip side is also like we get to build relationships with acts, with talent, with companies because of this in a way that we couldn't have because we can't all be six foot six Wade Keller going city to city sitting in a bar. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's a net positive, not only for the wrestlers, but also for wrestling media. Like we've absolutely come up off this. We are like Dominic, you talk to us because of what we've done. And a lot of that is because we we were able to cultivate personalities or ideas or accounts on social media. So net positive, but yeah, like something with like, Ty and Sammy, it sucks because these people pretend like they know people when they die. So that is unfortunate, for sure. Right. And there's a groundswell too, Robert, when it comes to uh, people just jumping on something too. Once it once it picks up momentum, it's like that's the top wrestling Twitter topic of the day, and you're like, holy shit! Well, that got covered. When is that going to end? What's going to be the next topic, Robert? You've expressed a lot of uh, like how much draining social media can be to you uh, through Facebook text with me. Uh, talk about your thoughts on the social media. So it is absolutely accessible at times, but then I have to be honest and say, I don't have a job if it's not for social media because, you know, Sean Ross Sapp DMs me and says, would you like a job? And then you go, okay. But on top of that, you think, are fans just too comfortable? Is it just a case of like, the regulars at GCW just think they're roster members of GCW because they're at every show. I don't know. Personally, I'd rather focus on the positives. We can see so much wrestling legally now. You get instant feedback now, but it does have its place where it's accessible. But it's Christmas, and I'm not going to focus on that. So let's just focus on the positives. <laughs> One thing uh, I'll add to that, too, is I think, you know, I think we've yet to find, you know, a talent that that has figured out a way to balance the use of social media. MJF is pretty close, but like, you know, when you're like it, it changed the wrestling business in a lot of ways because you got to, there's a whole other world where you got to be in character if that's what, if that's what you want to do. And if you don't do that, it has a residual effect on you when you're performing. So that's a, a nuance that's going to be fun to watch play out as people start coming up in the business that, that have had social media around for their entire life. I think really quick, what's hard for him is like, he's because he's MJF all the time. And then like, he like talks to me <laughs> and we're like friends. <laughs> and I'm like, that, but to your point, it's like they, they, you know, like even with people like him who are great at who they portray, they, they get tired. And yeah. like, they are like, yo, I don't, I just want to chill. Like, it's tough. It's tough. And, and, and like him and other acts, and it's, it's not just him because it's also like on the flip side, it's like a Bianca or a Montez where like Bianca is eternally positive and Montez always positive and Naomi always positive. And you're like, I know that wears on you too. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, oh, they're, they're like, I think Roman jumping in and out like he does is great because I'm not super locked in. I'm not replying to everybody. I jump in when I want to. I say what I want to. And then I dip. 
I think that's probably the way to go about it because you're not so invested to where people feel like they deserve a response from you. But yeah, they they are all kind of like Ricky Starks. Yeah, I was just going to say him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll see some yeah. art and he'll be like, yo, you did a great job. You do a thing like I do. And then he'll dip right out. Like it is yeah. difficult to to kind of navigate that because like, you know, we we I'm looking at who's here on the panel. Like we're all so plugged in. Like if one of us wrote a thing, because I'm looking at you, Zach, I'm looking at you, Phil. <laughs> I've seen you guys write things that were very, very good. And somebody was like, I don't like what you wrote. And I've watched you. <laughs> Go for hours about how <laughs> they're wrong. And no, and I've done the same thing. So I'm not knocking you, but I'm just like, imagine you're on TV every week perfecting your art. And then you see somebody who, and you think you smoked it. And somebody said, Yeah, that wasn't very good. And you're like, Yo, I gotta say something back. <laughs> like, <Yeah. it. laughs> so, so I'll just say to that, I don't really have a problem with somebody not liking something I wrote, I wrote or even not agreeing with something I wrote. I have a big problem with people saying that I shouldn't have a job because they don't like what something I wrote. And that is what I will always come back at people like, yo, if you don't care about my opinion, don't read it, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue that I shouldn't have a job at Bleacher or and it's not really a job. It's a freelance gig. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to sit and argue with you that I shouldn't be on YouTube or I shouldn't be a Bleacher because you just don't like me or my opinions. You don't have to subscribe to either, sir. <laughs> Um, simple. <laughs> and I mean, I feel like it's the same thing with wrestlers. Like, I feel like it's one thing to I feel like people have this thing on the Internet where they feel like because they have access to your opinion, that they have access to everything. And so that means I have access to, to say things about your personal life or what I think about you personally. And like, no, you don't like just because, you know, I give you my opinion on wrestling doesn't mean that you have the right to come back and speak on my personal life. And it's the same thing with wrestlers. Like, I mean. If you look at the Jordan thing, it's just like a microcosm of it. Like, Jordan doesn't even have her wrestler name on her Twitter. Like, she's attempting to, um, you know, um, have the balance of being a performer online and having a regular life. But the problem with that is people think, because now I see this as a page where I'm looking at you for entertainment, I can look at everything you do, like what you like, what are your political views all of this stuff. And I feel like that opens a different can of words because you have stuff like people going in people's likes and screenshotting their likes. And it might not have anything to do with anything, but it's like, oh, I saw you like this Trump thing. So I'm going to bring this to why I don't like you as a wrestler. And (laughs) they don't, those two things have nothing to do with the other. Like, it's like, if you're entertained by them, like keep it at entertainment, like stay out of their personal business, man. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to, nobody's ever, there's so many gray areas. People do things and you you don't know the context behind them anything like that it's just like yeah hey take a step back a little bit as as we just go go out and touch grass <laughs> and then there's there's the reality of like people genuinely think that they're entitled to all of it and if you choose not to give it well then it's a problem like if it's not on social media it's not real like you can't be struggling or anything without it being real i'll say this I liked wrestling a lot more when I was just watching Triple H and I wasn't concerned about who he was voting for and what he was eating for breakfast. Like, that's just not my concern. Yeah, man. And I'll just say this as someone who's black. I don't think some people understand um, when me or Cam get in front of these mics or we write something, a lot of wrestling fans that are black see us as representatives for all of us. And sometimes I'm not trying to represent all of us. I'm just expressing opinion. 
And all of y'all don't have to agree with me, man. Like, and I, I find that a lot of times you'll have you'll have other black wrestling fans that try to come for me for things that they just don't agree with me on. And then it turns into a question of how black am I? And it's like, no, you just don't agree with my opinion, man. Like that has nothing to do with my race. Exactly. <laughs> no, and, I, and this is the thing. Like, I agree with you guys. Like, I will make a joke about a wrestler being right wing. But I will never, ever, 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 ever tell you not to watch that wrestler or don't buy that wrestler's merch because I live in the real world. Like people, I got, if I walk across the street, my neighbors I say hi to every day, I'm sure don't vote the way that I vote. And that's the world. You know what I mean? But like, I'm going to say what's up to them. And if, you know, they need help mowing a lawn, I got them. And if I need help raking these leaves, they got me because this is the real world. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that we get so wrapped up because, again, we think we know everybody because we got social media. Where Ripley posts eight pictures of her squatting and everybody's like, yo, that's my homegirl. No, nah, baby, it's not. You don't know her like that. Nah, and you shouldn't nah, approach she, her she like just, that. She just trying to show you the wagon. That's all. And you, exactly. <laughs> and you can't get invested in people like that. Like, like look, I, I will make a joke about, like, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I'll make a joke about her getting down with Trump because I think it's funny. But guess what? I'm not going to not watch an AJ Styles match because he probably rocked the same way because he's cold. Because, like, <laughs> you can't do that. What am I going to do? Not watch a whole offensive line block in the NFL because that's how they vote? Like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think that what happened is social media got to the point where everybody wants to virtue signal so much. And I'm, again, I'm not saying I don't believe in what I believe in. I vote the way I do. I donate money the way I do. I support the causes that I support, but I'm also like, this world is very much a fluid one to where I can't totally cut off the people who don't agree with me. People who don't agree with me also contribute to the world. So yeah, man, like I, I think that people got so familiar and want you to choose sides so bad. It's like, no, I was born into a side. I got to navigate this. We're going to kind of like a little bit of everything because that's what it is. If we just decided we're not going to rock with white people in charge, I wouldn't have the computer to do this show. You know what? I, there's a play called Streamers <laughs> by David Rabe, and it's about Vietnam and this like four different people living in a like four different trainees living in a camp like before they head off to war and stuff like that. All different cultures. And it's just navigating the waters of living, existing with one another. And uh, I mean, it's very much like the real world. And social media is not that. Like 20% of people are on social media that live in the world. So it's just like, you cannot, that's not your litmus test for real life. <laughs> it's just, yeah, is it? Yeah. And it's well, very so. easy to get caught up into that. Zach, do you want to add anything else before you carry on? No, I just, I, that, nope, just giving you the thumbs up on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, it, so. it's weird. I just when I, I did a I did an interview with um, Jonathan Good on ESPN and one of the questions he asked, he was like, Man, I feel like you're one of the most controversial people on Twitter. And I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. And, and I think it's because I the way I told him is I I feel like the way I've I've done my Twitter is I try to respond to people and I feel like that has been to my benefit and my detriment sometimes. Like I feel like people can talk to me and I want people to feel like, hey. If you don't agree with something, hey, we could talk about what we don't agree with. But that also brings in people who just want to yell at me. And it's like, I don't want to be yelled at. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's 
very detrimental. It can be. It's like it's the give and take. You can voice your opinion, but then what's going to happen? <laughs> you don't know. It's a roll of the dice. <laughs> it's a roll of the dice. All right. We are running out of time. I was going to do one more topic, but I think uh, that might do it. Uh, but let me see here. Oh, man. Okay. Let me see. I'm counting them out. Okay. We do have a clear-cut winner. Uh, it was a close one, though. Everybody was right in the mix of things. Uh, Robert, you came in with 18. Zach, you came in with 19. Phil, you came in with 21. But Cam, you win it with 23. So, Cam, you get the floor, my friend. Talk about what you want. Wrestling-related can be whatever you want. Okay. Um, first of all, fantastic panel. Um I got relationships with with Phil. I got a relationship with Zach. Um, my man, we we haven't really you would fight for yeah. so you my guy too. Like, like it's love, it's love. <laughs> um, I want to say this, and we've kind of started on this beforehand. You don't know these people. That is kind of my my guiding light. Like, listen, I'm I'm in a room with people who've absolutely established relationships with wrestlers wrestling companies but that was through attrition that was through doing good work that was through like having a name and having something to say so all my brothers on this panel and especially like dominic i i i hold on to things so i remember it uh interaction with you and mark madden um about he was on some bullshit and you were like yo i'm trying to make my way and you've done your thing steadily and it wasn't on those shock jock stuff. It wasn't I'm cool to nobody. So I, I like the, the company I keep right here. You don't know these people. You making your Twitter name, RainsFan419, is not going to put you in the door. Okay? Um, don't automatically be mad at analysts and journalists because they don't say what you want to hear them say. Because these are people who have put in the work. These people who have built relationships, these people who are good at what they do in order to even have a conversation with the people you think you know. And so I want you to be patient. I want you to be cool. I want you to be less corny. If you want to know what your favorite wrestler wants to eat for breakfast, you asking them on Twitter ain't going to do it, baby. You still need journalists. You still need analysts. You still need normal people who can be at a bar next to a wrestler and they weren't there because they heard they was going to be there. They were there because they met on some cool shit. So let the normal people be normal. Let the work speak for itself and just settle down. This ain't going nowhere. You can hear from whoever you want to hear from. If you're patient, you will know everything you want to know. Play it cool. None of this is going away. You got me. You got Zach. You got Phil. You got everybody. This is all coming. Just be cool. Be patient. You will get what you want. Stay away from these shock jock YouTubers. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and just let the work speak for itself. It's on its way. Good night and God bless. <laughs> hey, that's a great way to end it, I would say. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh Let's get go around the horn real quick. Uh, pun not intended, but I want to get your guys' plugs in and anything you want to get, get over. Phil, let's start with you. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, at PhilDO616. Um, I will respond to you, but, man, I will mute and block you, too, if I, if I feel like I want to, man. Like, I, I will do it. Like, don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, everybody can appreciate that. Cam, you're the champ. We got to get your stuff in. What's happening? Yeah, man, real quick. Uh, PW Torch, uh, we can find most of my work. Uh, EastCoastCast.com, typically on Wednesdays, uh, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central. South Congress Podcast, South Congress with a K. Um, you can catch me on there at least once a month. It's kind of switched up a little bit. Um, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Seahawk, C-E-E-H-A-W-K. It's the same name on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, what is the next thing coming? I have no idea, but we're working on it, man. Yes, C-E-E-H-A-W-K on all your socials. Follow the South Congress podcast, South Congress with the K. Again, Dominic, thank you so much for having me, for sure. Absolutely, man. Thanks for I, being here, too. Thank you for being I, here. I completely forgot to tell people to follow the pod Twitter account because... I, you know, whatever. Uh, of course, right. follow Grapsity Pod on Twitter. Uh, you know, Grapsity every Saturday at noon Eastern with me. The best, the best the ensemble best. podcast. The best. Fire. Between them and Public Enemies, the best ensemble podcast going. Fuck with Grapsity, please. I appreciate you, man. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's me, Righteous Reg. That's Will Washington. Saturdays at noon Eastern. Um, I think we're going to be on a slight hiatus for the holiday for like the two weeks, but we'll be right back with a new episode on January 8th. And I think we have a guest lined up. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you guys yet, but stay tuned for that. We'll let it ride. We'll let it ride. Robert, mercenary Look, man, what you got cooking? You can follow me everywhere at Duchelice. That's D-U-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E. You can find me on WrestleZone. Find me on Fightful. Find me everywhere wrestling is on the internet at times. I don't know. This was a blast. I always love doing this. You guys are fantastic. And I'm sure I'll be on here again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zach, Mr. Assistant Editor, give us your stuff. Go to pwtorch.com. Absolutely. That you can get your fix there. You can check out my work there. Um, and you can go VIP as well. pwtorch.com slash go VIP for a bunch, of, a bunch of great content. Give me a follow on Twitter at ZHadornTorch. And uh, yeah, Dominic, been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, you know, doing this with you guys. And uh, yeah, hope to, hope to do it again soon. Absolutely. We're going to get everybody back in the mix again. I got to say too, pwtorch, you go VIP. That's how... I basically got my start. If you are interested in getting in an education of pro wrestling and stuff like that, I do recommend subscribing to a lot of stuff. The backlog of history that gets reaccounted from Todd Martin to Wade Keller, so on. It goes on and on. There's so many names and interviews. Um, it opened my eyes to, I thought Fortune, AEW's, AJ Styles's fortune gimmick was awesome before i tuned into the pw torch so it really <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact i thought it was a great great move but it was not all right i learned that from pw torch so go vip on those guys <laughs> and, oh, uh, oh, oh if we're gonna plug things also yeah, that's, that's the point robert <laughs> well i wasn't gonna plug other things but go ahead over to fightful select and you know check out what sean rossap has going on and some great podcasts from guys like the grab city guys there you go. <laughs> hey, I got to get my shit in too. This is Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow me <laughs> at Dominic D'Angelo. You can go to WrestleZone.com for all your wrestling news needs and check out my podcast with my degenerate brother, Marcus, Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, where we recap all AEW shit. So, uh, and we just did the Teddy's Awards. So uh, that's the our fake thing of the Oscars. So take a look at that. Some people actually thought it was real and promoted by AEW. It was not. <laughs> Believe it oh. or not. Rocket scientists on the internet. <sighs> that's right. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, we'll see you next time on the hot tag. All right. <laughs>